All the people came together as one in the square before the water gate. They told Ezra, the teacher of the law, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. So on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand. He read it aloud from daybreak till noon as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men, women and others who could understand. And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Then the Levites instructed the people in the law while the people were standing there. They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people understood what was being read. Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and teacher of the law, and the Levites who were instructing the people, said to them all, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet wine, and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Well, welcome to this final part of our series, Living on Purpose. We've been looking at the story of Nehemiah from the Old Testament. God's people, Israel, had been through a period of major disruption known as the exile. They then got back to their homeland and started to rebuild it and discover a new normal. And this obviously sounds very familiar, doesn't it? We also have been through a period of major disruption. We're having to rebuild our lives and discover a new normal. And so the story of Nehemiah has huge amounts to say about how we can be those who are living on purpose through challenging times. When we go through challenging times, one of the things that we perhaps don't realise at the time is how much it takes out of us. You know, we are by nature, human beings are survivors, are copers, are fixers. But that doesn't mean that it's not taking a taxing toll on us to face anxieties and uncertainties and challenges uh, both behind us and that lie ahead of us. And so this message I've entitled Experiencing Spiritual Renewal. I believe it's a real now word for us as God's people. We need to make sure that as we move into a new term and face no doubt new challenges on the horizon, we've experienced fresh waves of spiritual renewal that mean we've got the resources and the confidence to live with our heads up and face the future with confidence. So when we think about experiencing spiritual renewal, the point is we need to be aware of how much it takes out of us when we face challenging times. I remember a few years ago, uh, I was in South Africa with Charlotte and um, being rather British, we'd spent a lot of time in meetings and felt a bit stuck in. So being rather British, I think we'd had a cup of tea and we decided we'd go for a walk, something they don't really do over there. Uh, we walked off into the bush uh, on this site we were staying and wandered off and quickly realised after about a mile or so we'd forgotten sun cream, we had no water between us, it was roasting hot and there were lots of creepy crawlies around and so we thought this isn't very wise so we turned back. Unfortunately on the way back we seemed to disturb, I'll never forget actually the, the size and the shape of it, this huge thing rippled up in front of me on the pathway and we disturbed an African rock python. Now I don't know if you've ever seen one of these things but they are the big constrictors, you know the kind of thing that can constrict and swallow an antelope or a small human being for that matter and uh, so suddenly we faced this huge challenge I fortunately all my male instincts kicked in and I screamed and hid behind Charlotte <laughs> not quite but the point is we were pretty pretty uh, unnerved by this uh, situation we'd wandered into and unfortunately the beast lay on the path that we had to go down to get back to where we were going there's no point turning back into the bush there was no going back and fortunately, you know, we managed to scare it off a little bit. It moved off from the path and we carried on through. 
And I'll never forget the moment we made it out into a clearing and there was a crazy golf course. People blissfully unaware of the dangers, playing crazy golf, and all of a sudden I collapsed. It was like someone had undone taps in my feet and all the energy drained out of me. I'd realised I'd been running on adrenaline. I'd been in survival mode and suddenly once I was in a safer place, I realised how much it had taken out of me, how much I needed a rest. I believe that story has something to say to where we're at right now. We probably have no idea how much the challenges we've been through have taken out of us, how difficult it is to keep going when you're living in a coping, surviving, anxious mode. We need to have moments now where we pause, where we experience spiritual renewal, so that as we move forward, we've got the strength that we need for every challenge that we face. Well, in Nehemiah chapter 8, that's exactly what we see God's people Israel doing. They've been busy fixing, mending, rebuilding the walls. They've sorted out the material fabric through Nehemiah. And then a new character steps onto the scene called Ezra, and he leads the people in a day of spiritual renewal. Nehemiah is this brilliant visionary leader. He sorted out the material rebuilding. Ezra is a sort of Bible teacher. He's going to help the people experience spiritual renewal, and we need both. This is actually what we read in Nehemiah 8, just a few phrases from what we've already seen. All the people came together as one, and they told Ezra, the teacher of the law, to bring out the book of the law of Moses. He read it aloud from daybreak until noon in the presence of the men, women, and others who could understand, and all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Now, we're not exactly sure what Ezra read. It's told in almost cinematic detail. They build a special platform for him. He stands on it. A vast crowd of all God's people gather around. Everyone's down tools and they've turned up to hear the book of the law being read. This is, scholars think, most likely Deuteronomy or a section of Deuteronomy. But for simplicity's sake, let's just recognise this is their Bible, right? They took out the Bible that they had And they turned aside from the jobs they had to do and they sought God and his truth and his word for spiritual renewal. Well, I believe there are three principles we can learn that can help us through challenging times experience spiritual renewal. And the first, well, all three P's, I hope you appreciate this, prioritise, process and persevere. Firstly, we need to prioritise times of refreshing. If you've ever had the builders in to do uh, construction work in your home or you've done construction work in your home, you'll know that after the builders have gone, long after the builders have gone, there is still so much to do, (laughs) snagging and decorating and sorting. In other words, the people of God had built the physical walls of Jerusalem, the gates were on their hinges, but there would have been so much still to do. But do you notice that they turned aside from doing mode They turned aside from their to-do lists and chores. They recognised, perhaps they recognised symptoms in themselves. They were high levels of stress, high levels of anxiety. This is what happens when you live through periods of deep uncertainty. They recognised symptoms in themselves and realised we need to turn aside from just doing and fixing and surviving. We need to come back into the presence of God very intentionally and seek spiritual renewal. I believe that's so important for us, but it's so hard to do, isn't it? There's always another job to do on the list. And we always think if I could just get that done, then I'd have some peace. But it never quite works like that, does it? And if we're not careful, we risk neglecting the thing we need most. We ignore the symptoms and warning signs of high levels of stress and anxiety and control tendencies that can emerge in these times. We ignore those symptoms only for us to feel the full consequences further down the road. We need to stop, 
down tools, lay aside our chores and seek spiritual renewal. Before we go into another busy term, would you pull aside and adopt a different posture? Not a posture of fixing, surviving, I can take care of it, but a posture of surrendering, of receiving, of listening to God's word, of experiencing spiritual renewal. I remember a friend of mine saying to me, I read the Bible almost every day, almost on Monday, almost on Tuesday, almost on Wednesday. Life can be a bit like that. We can almost get round to spiritual priorities, but never quite make it because we're attending to so many other things. Notice the people of God. They actually left their homes, came into a different environment, switched off from the busyness and the noise and sought God. I know of one family who on Sundays are just turning off the Wi-Fi. There is no in internet in their home and they're not having screens. So they just want to switch in to God's presence. I know of another family, who, another couple who are Zooming, I think two or three times a week with other friends just to pray intentionally because we need to prioritise spiritual renewal. Sometimes it's easy to do that together. Uh, we as a family have been through 40 bite-sized sessions in the greatest story ever.org you can see it for yourselves if you want but as a family we just put together a little resource in lockdown of us taking our kids through the bible because it's so important in the midst of the busyness and the sorting and fixing that we prioritize times of refreshing so can I ask you what does that mean for you did you notice that the people it's not that Ezra said to the people you need to read the bible it's actually the other way around the people came to Ezra and said will you read the bible to us They'd seen the worrying signs in themselves of emptiness and being wrung out. They realised perhaps this has taken more out of us, the disruptions we face, than we realise. We need to come and get before God. We need to prioritise times of refreshing. Secondly then, having done that, made the time for it, they then needed to process. So they'd prioritise and then process emotions through God's truth. Process emotions through God's truth. The other week, our family went wild camping in the mountains together and we found this really beautiful remote spot by a stream and pitched tents so all the kids actually just slept out under the stars. We had a tent and uh, once they were asleep and Charlotte had nodded off, I actually just, uh, under the stars, it was a beautiful starry night, I just, I couldn't sleep so I just read through the book of Romans in the New Testament and I have to say, just reading the Bible under the stars in a different environment just did my soul so much good. There were a few tears actually in one place as God spoke to me and I realised some stuff that had been going on that maybe if I didn't take some time just to be before God and his word, I had some processing to do. You know, lockdown will have taken more out of us than we realise. We'll, we'll be a bit more like coiled springs, levels of anxiety have risen, but it's all subtle and you don't realise it's happening and, and then all of a sudden sometimes it can just begin to spill out. And one of the times it spills out is when we come before God's word, we enter that safe place and we allow some of the stuff to emerge that needs to be processed. Well, when Ezra read the Torah, the book of Deuteronomy, let's assume, to the people of Israel, interestingly, when he looked up after reading it to them, they were all in tears. Just the reading of God's word had in some way broken through the cold exterior or the coping mode and brought them through to a more vulnerable, honest place. They had some processing to do, and so do we. We need to process our emotions through God's truth. I wonder whether what did it for Israel, you know, what was it that started them off in their emotion? I wonder whether it was when he was reading Deuteronomy, they realised this isn't just dusty old history. You know, the Bible's not just dusty old history from antiquity. No, no, they realised this is our story. This is our God. When they read about God delivering Israel from Egypt, 
When they read about him bringing them out to a safe place, Mount Sinai, and speaking over them and saying, you're my special treasure now, and leading them safely through the wilderness and its challenges, I think they realised this is our story. This God is now our God. He's going to get us through this wilderness. We're okay. We're in his hands. The, the life feels incredibly vulnerable and fragile right now. And there's much opposition and challenge, but God is with us. And as the scriptures were read, it, it brought them through to a place. Well, you won't get that on Netflix, right? Binge watch more Netflix if you want to, but you'll never come through to a place where you experience the truth of God's word and it processes the emotions and you break through to a new level of health and strength. We need to process our emotions through the truth of God's word. We need to find in the Bible, particularly, a story that makes sense of life, a larger plot line that we're part of, so we don't feel so isolated and vulnerable and lost. No, no, God's got me. I'm part of his big story. It may seem out of control to me, but he's the great author. He knows the end from the beginning. He started this world through creation. He'll bring it to completion through new creation. It's not out of control and he's faithful and he's good and he's got me. You won't get that on Netflix. You'll find it in the Bible. We need to seek, prioritise times of refreshing and process our emotions through God's word. Well, I wonder what that means for you. My point is, there's more to process. There's perhaps more that needs to come out than we've ever realised. I want to encourage us, therefore, to, in community and on our own, to come through to this safe place where the scriptures, the, the word of God and the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit and the community of God's people become a safe place in which we can process our emotions. The spring that's coiled can just be released and we can find that weight of anxiety and stress just lifts off us a bit in the presence of God's truth. Now I say all of that, the Bible helps us process our emotions, the Bible makes sense. I recognise also, you may be thinking to yourself, well it's alright for you to say that Andy, but sometimes I can't make sense of the Bible. <laughs> if you've ever felt that, like you've read something or someone said something and you think, I don't, I don't really know what that means. Take heart, because that's actually what happened to the people when Ezra read the Bible. Did you notice that? That he read the Torah to them and they listened. But there are obviously bits they didn't get. And so he then sent out a small team of Bible teachers and communicators who went out amongst the people. And can you imagine the scene? You know, you've got families, there's young and old there, male and female. And these Bible teachers go out and effectively say, how are you getting on? You know, do you understand it? They read a bit more and then it says it and, and they explained the meaning to them. Sometimes we need a bit of help. It's okay to struggle with the Bible. That's fine. But don't give up on it for that reason. Ask for some help. Look for some good resources or courses or books that can help you. We, I'm really looking forward to this, but as Kingsgate, we're going to be journeying through in the autumn the Bible series, a seven-part series that's going to take us through the story of Scripture and show how the whole thing fits together and makes sense of our lives. We're going to be doing that as a church and that's going to help us make sense of the Bible when we struggle with it. It's okay to struggle with the Bible but keep going, make sense of the Bible because when we make sense of the Bible, the Bible makes sense of us and helps us process our emotions as we come to a, a higher level of truth in God's word that releases the truth over our lives that sets us free. The other week I was on a Zoom call with some of our small group and uh, we are all grown adults, mature people and yet, as someone read a verse of the Bible, Colossians 3.15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And it was as if someone read that and one after another, we just began to share more honestly in the light of that truth. 
how we longed for that peace, but we were struggling to find it. So one of us had experienced bereavement, another one lost their job. Many of us as parents were honest about the, the pressures of homeschooling and trying to work alongside and suddenly the lid lifted and honesty emerged and people that you would have thought on the surface were just fine and sorted began to be a bit more vulnerable. And did, have you noticed that vulnerability builds community? When you've cried, there were a few tears over the Zoom call. And when you've just been honest and vulnerable before God's word, when the lid has lifted, out comes some emotion that needs to be processed. And sometimes you find yourself crying and you don't even know why you're crying, but it just is a sign that there was a lot going on. More than you realize, it needs to come out so it doesn't turn toxic and become negative. We need to process our emotions through God's word. I encourage you to make space before we go into another busy term. Prioritize times of refreshing and make space to process our emotions through God's word. And then finally, final P is persevere. Persevere in the joy of the Lord. See, Nehemiah, as Ezra read the, the Torah, they processed some of what had gone on in the past. But they also had a lot of challenges to face in the future. And I don't know about you, that's probably the same for us, isn't it? We're rebuilding, but we know that there's a lot more of that lies ahead and there'll be challenges further down the line. We need the ability to persevere. Uh, one of my favourite films is called Chariots of Fire, in which Eric Little, this famous Scottish athlete who later becomes a Christian missionary, he uh, is running in the 1924 Paris Olympics. He's refused to compete on a Sunday, so he's not running his race. He's actually running a 400 meter race, which he's never really run before. And he's in the 400 meter final and he's hammering down the back straight and words come through his mind as he runs. And one of the questions he asks is this, so where does the strength come from to see the race to its end? Now, the Hollywood answer to that question is from within, which sounds very pious and profound. But I mean, what does that mean? I, I can't imagine the real Eric Liddell, the Christian missionary, actually said the strength comes from within. No, no, no. The strength. Where does the strength come from to see the race to its end? It comes from the Lord. Nehemiah speaks to the people, knowing they've still got a long way to go. And he says, let the joy of the Lord be your strength. Nehemiah 8 verse 10, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Whatever challenges lie ahead of us, the most important thing is that we are happy in, in God, that we keep our delight and our joy in the Lord Jesus Christ. Or that's how Nehemiah put it, as the Apostle Paul would put it, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. We've got to get our joy back. Some of us have lost our joy and that's why life feels so hard work and heavy. I'm not saying circumstances aren't tough, but when you have tough circumstances and you lose your joy, you compound the circumstances and it all becomes a dreary trudge. Listen, folks, we're not made to live through a dreary trudge. Life is not a dreary trudge. We're, we're living on purpose. We're full of the joy of the Lord Jesus Christ and we need to get that joy back. We need, to see, we need to lift our heads up from sinking down under the weights of responsibility and the anxiety and uncertainty. We need to seek spiritual renewal because as we are renewed spiritually, our heads lift up, our joy comes back, the smile reappears and we move forwards with the strength to persevere in the joy of the Lord. Nehemiah actually has to step in at this point. Ezra's read the Torah, all the people have started crying, and Nehemiah has to step in and basically say, cheer up, guys. <laughs> you know, you've done your lamenting, it's time to do some laughing. You've done your fasting, it's time for some feasting. What he actually says to them, I wouldn't you love your leader to say this to you? Stop, uh, do not mourn or weep. This is Nehemiah 
8 verses 9 to 10. Do not mourn or weep. Go and enjoy choice food and sweet wine. That's what you want your leader to tell you, isn't it? <laughs> go and have some great, go and have a great meal. Enjoy the good things of life. Get back your joy. Discover again the celebration of the goodness and the faithfulness of God. Find out again what it means to smile at the storm and step forward with confidence, whatever's coming, because our joy is in God and that's not going to change. Our hope is much deeper rooted than any circumstances we face. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Or as Psalm 3 verse 3 puts it, You, O Lord, are a shield around me, my glory and the one who lifts up my head. You know, heads, spiritually speaking, heads can sink down and we lose our joy when life is tough. Nehemiah knew the people had experienced this. They'd been through so much. And so he says, it's time, folks, to lift your head up, to celebrate the goodness of God, to get your joy back, to feel the warmth and sunshine of God's goodness on your face again and to know God's with us. This is going to be okay. We're going to get our joy back. The joy of the Lord is going to be our strength. When I used to play rugby, we had a very vocal coach. He was an ex-Marine and he used to shout at us a lot. And one of the things I can remember him shouting on more than one occasion, maybe we'd taken some hits and we, when you get uh, tackled hard in rugby, it's, it's, you can become quite sort of almost defensive and cautious and you, you're not really looking at what's going on in the game. You're just trying to take care of yourself. And we'd obviously dropped into that mode. Our heads were down. And I remember him shouting from the touchline, heads up, boys, heads up. He knew we were never going to win a match with our heads down just looking in. We need to lift our heads and see that there were still great opportunities around us. I believe the Lord is saying it's time for spiritual renewal. And what that will mean is we get our joy back. And he is the one who is the lifter of our heads. He's saying to us, heads up, church, heads up. I've still got a great purpose for you. We are still to be those who are living on purpose through the challenges. There are great opportunities Lord, lift up our heads that we might see how to live in a way that fulfills your purpose and glorifies your name. Well, I hope this message has spoken to you with that in mind, that we might experience spiritual renewal before we go back into a busy another term. May we take time to prioritise times of refreshing, process our emotions through God's truth and persevere in the joy of the Lord. If you know that you've lost your joy a bit, your head has dropped and you just want to ask the Lord, maybe for the first time, maybe you're, you're not really a Christian or you're very new to all this or in a new way and you've been following the Lord for a long time, but your head is down. I want to just pray for you. Would you just reach out your hands in front of you if you can as a sign wherever you are watching this online, just lift your hands to the Lord as a sign of receiving a posture now. I'm stopping all my doing and my chores. Lord, I'm before you receiving. I need spiritual renewal. I want to get my joy back and see my head lifted up and I'd like to pray for you. Almighty Father, I thank you for those of us online right now who are just sitting before you in a posture of receiving. We need spiritual renewal. We can't just be fixers and copers and survivors and keep going in our own strength. Lord, we face some challenges. We've got some stuff we need to process, some tears we need to cry, some prayers we need to pray. And I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to come through to a more honest, vulnerable place of prioritising times of refreshing, processing our emotions through your truth, that we might persevere 
in the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. So Lord, I pray right now over everyone joining me in prayer, bring them spiritual renewal by the power of your Holy Spirit and through the truth of your word in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.